You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. The T-Biz Podcast delivers T-News that you need to know. A recap of the week's major headlines with commentary and cultural trends hosted by Dan Bolton. It is the voice of origin for tea professionals and enthusiasts worldwide. Think of us as a digital caravan of storytellers bringing authentic, authoritative, exotic, and exclusive stories to you weekly from the tea lands. Tea is both art and craft. It nourishes and inspires. It is the most ancient of plant-based medicines, simultaneously energizing the body as it soothes the mind. Intimately local in character, the tea trade exerts global influence, employing millions to supply customers of far greater volumes than coffee. It is a fascinating, intricate topic, far more complex than one person can master. That is why the T-Biz podcast enlists 40 voices skilled in 12 languages to tell the story of tea. Authentic reporting relies on the expertise of tea professionals who know the tea lands from birth and speak the native tongue. Transparency is storytelling grounded at origin. Each week, the T-Biz podcast summarizes news with the greatest impact on the tea industry. But tea requires far more nuanced coverage than the recitation of production volumes and commodity prices. That is why the T-Biz podcast is paired with the more inclusive T-Biz blog and T-Journey magazine. The podcast offers a weekly mix of news and features. It is innovative and interactive permitting listeners to conveniently contact reporters at Origin to ask questions that are answered via text messages that are delivered privately to their phone. Welcome to this week's edition of Tea News You Need to Know. Here are the headlines. Montreal-based David's Tea is undergoing a remarkable transformation. Tea companies report strong sales and many new functional and condition-specific teas for the market. The British increased their tea intake 27% last year, dunking 61 billion tea bags. And tea sales slow in Canada following a spring sprint. More in a minute, but first, this important message. What makes a perfect cup of Ceylon tea? The perfect cup is from the tea businesses that ensure the protection of all the children living within their tea estates. We salute Kailani Valley, Telawakili, Bogawanthalawa, Harana, and Eliptia tea estates. Support Save the Children, Sri Lanka. Sarah Siegel 
began the new year as CEO of David's Tea, a Montreal-based brick-and-mortar retailer undergoing a remarkable transformation. The firm, which operated more than 200 retail locations in the U.S. and Canada until last March, was forced to declare bankruptcy, closing 166 locations, leaving only 18 mall and suburban storefronts. The situation looked dire. But within three months, the business had returned to profitability. And in its most recent financial disclosure, Siegel pointed to a 145% increase to $22 million in sales of key online and in grocery, up from $9 million during the same period the previous year. Siegel said it is her goal to, quote, solidify our position as a digital-first, industry-leading provider of on-trend, high-quality loose-leaf tea, tea accessories, and gifts, end quote. Biz Insight. Financial analysts praise the company's asset-like business model, estimating that the combination of labor savings Minimal rent and reduced overhead multiplied cash flow by 15 times. Siegel promised investors that David's Tea is on a new path, squarely focused on becoming a more agile organization. Innovation is in the wind. COVID has made consumers recognize that well-being is a vital concern. Tea companies report strong sales and many line extensions for functional and condition-specific teas. Brands include Tata Tea's immunity-boosting green tea with vitamin C, Tazo's Calm, and new Ayurvedics from India's Tea Monk, along with a vegan double-spice chai from Stash Tea. Researchers in Singapore recently announced a probiotics that can be added to any tea, which is then left to ferment for two days, retaining the original flavor, enhanced with fruity and floral notes, and a faint acidity. Market research firm Mintel, which maintains a global database of new products, noted a growing number of feed-the-mind formulations. The events of 2020 caused a fundamental reset in human behavior, according to Mintel, in the coming years, consumers will be looking for more products and services that offer mental and emotional health benefits. Biz Insight. Manufacturers are also experimenting with new ways to deliver the goodness of tea. Effusio, a New York-based company, uses flexographic printing technology to make wafer-thin, dissolvable discs that deliver vitamins, minerals, and complex nutrients, including prebiotics. The company's sleep discs contain L-theanine derived from tea, chamomile, and melatonin. Britons increased their tea intake by 27%, in 2020, consuming 61 billion tea bags, enough to cover the equivalent of 31,000 soccer fields. A survey of 2,000 tea drinkers, financed by Jing Tea, found that during the pandemic, 
UK residents used an average of four tea bags a day or 1,460 tea bags per person last year. One third said they drink tea for comfort, and one in 20 said that tea calmed them during a crisis. Another third said they plan on sticking with the same tea prepared in the same way for life, but 58% say they are willing to experiment. Biz Insight. The British Isles are a bellwether for Western consumption patterns dating back 361 years. Revenue from tea rose slightly in 2020, but consumption continued its 11-year decline in volume. Globally, tea consumption grew by 1.5%, a retreat from the previous year's 4% pace due to temporary and permanent closures of cafes and restaurants. The Economist Intelligence Unit predicts tea consumption to grow by 2.8% in 2021. Tea sales in the first weeks of the pandemic soared. Canadians, like those in many nations, rushed to fill their pantries. During the early spring and summer, sales in grocery grew by double digits, leading all FMCC, that's fast-moving consumer goods, categories, and offsetting losses in food service. The situation changed as lockdowns returned last fall. Tea in the time of COVID. I'm Jessica Natale Woolard, and I'm here with Shabnam Weber, President of the Tea and Herbal Association of Canada, who will share with us insights into the tea industry in 2020 and some predictions for the coming year. Shabnam, how did Canada's specialty tea industry fare in 2020? Well, thank you for having me. I think we can safely say that 2020 was a tumultuous year all around. All in all, tea fared um, rather well in retail and grocery, and we've certainly seen an uptick in numbers. But where we have not fared well in that has been food service. Um, and we're actually now seeing the numbers indicate that the loss that suffered in food service did not, unfortunately, make up for the gains that we got in grocery. So we will probably see a slight net overall loss. And how about for the coming year, for 2021? Are you, you seeing any positive signs of growth? I think that unfortunately, the reality is that growth and anything that happens in this year is completely tied to what happens with the current pandemic that we're all affected by. Um, my guess is that we'll probably see stronger numbers halfway through the year as more and more people get vaccinated. Restaurants, food service in most of Canada is still shut down for the most part and can only do takeout. Unfortunately, tea has suffered because of that. Most people aren't ordering in their dinner and ordering a cup of tea along with that. Not yet anyways. So I think that we'll see some strong numbers. Um, my prediction is that once uh, restrictions are lifted, we're all going to be itching to get out of the house and into restaurants and uh, et cetera. And I think that we're going to see some pretty strong growth towards the middle and end of next year and certainly into 2022. And now a word from our sponsor. Q-Trade Teas works with tea purveyors at every scale, from promising startups to the world's largest multinational beverage brands in the hot, 
iced, and bottled tea segments. With U.S.-based formulation, blending, and packaging services, Q-Trade can help you innovate, scale up, and grow your specialty tea brand. For more information, visit our website, QTradeTeas.com. This week, we travel to Malawi, Africa, where industry veteran Ranjit Dasgupta profiles a growing region gaining a reputation for producing innovative and sustainable specialty tea. And then to the Nilgiri Mountains in South India, where hundreds of small growers in 100-member farm producer groups are collectively learning how to transition from fertilizer and pesticide-dependent land practices to the organic cultivation of tea. Malawi is a hilly, landlocked nation in East Africa that has exported commodity teas to the UK since 1923. Recently, Americans have developed a thirst for Malawi tea, spending $17 million to import 20% of the tea produced there in 2019. The U.S. is now Malawi's number three trading partner. The rolling hills of the Republic of Malawi in Southeast Africa holds great potential for producing distinctive tea. I am in conversation with Jordan Price, the Honorary Consul of Malawi in the United States. Good morning, Jordan. Good morning, Ranjit. How are you? Very good. Thank you. You are Malawi's first Honorary Consul in the United States. Why were you selected and what is your mandate? Ranjit, it's, it's a great honor to serve as Malawi's first honorary consul in the United States. Most of my role consists of promoting tourism and trade, and I also find myself answering many questions from the Malawi diaspora, mm -hmm. tourists, and nonprofit volunteers and employees who are considering starting up contracts in Malawi. At the start of the pandemic, I really look closely at various Malawian products that were being sold in the United States. Mm -hmm. And I discovered that I could help out tea. Malawian tea was already being sold in stores. So I figured that I could continue with my mandate by mm -hmm. promoting this incredible product. Uh, Malawi, of course, is known as the warm heart of Africa, rightly so. Globally, few tea drinkers have heard of Malawi tea. What makes teas from this country exceptional? I believe it comes from an intentional approach. It comes from the awareness of the uniqueness of Malawi combined with over a century of hands-on farming experience and sci scientific know-how. The, the great irony in your question is that our teas are exceptional, popular, have been consumed globally for over 100 years. Um, our, our teas are everywhere. Malawi teas are literally everywhere. Practically any tea that you drink that's a black tea or a green tea in your typical supermarket batch has some Malawi tea in there. You'll also find Malawi tea fully branded as single estate, single origin tea in Michelin-starred restaurants, some of the most exclusive hotels on earth. So there, there, there's really a disconnect there that our teas are, are everywhere, yet no one has heard of them. But you asked about why they're exceptional. I mean, it really starts with the land, with the soil. 
you know, Malawi is situated, um, the entire country is situated in the Great Rift Valley, uh, which means there's an enormous lake, huge mountains, very dramatic topography. Um, the soil in our tea growing districts really consists of about 30% silt and uh, 12 to 15% clay. And um, this dramatic topography has two rainy seasons in the tea districts. There's a first rainy season, which is the intertropical convergent zone, this band of high humidity and rain that flips north and south of the equator. That, season, that set of rains hits us between January and April and May. And the second set of rain really presents in a foggy drizzle known as the Chipperonis. That really targets southern Malawi. And that's named after Mount Chipperoni, this mountain in Mozambique. But the weather actually comes from warm surface waters on the um, edge of the Indian Ocean between Madagascar and Mozambique. So that's, that's really, it's really unique topography. And then we have over a century of hands-on farming. In addition to the main farm, the, the primary like large farming estates, we have independent tea farmers throughout the entire country known as smallholders, and they play a critical role. Um, some smallholders sell their tea directly to the estate. Others have banded together to form cooperatives. The largest of these in the country is the Sukambizi Trust. They have nearly 12,000 members producing 15 million kg of leaf annually. 20 years ago, they only had 1,000 members. And this growth has really been driven by their strong relationship with Lugiri Tea Estate, with Harris Freeman, um, and then the Harris Freeman Foundation, also with Sainsbury, the grocery store chain in the UK. Another big smallholder trust is the Mzwazi Smallholder Association. They have about 500 members, and their big partner is Satemwa, Satemwa Tea and Coffee Estate. And Satemwa helped them obtain Fair Trade, Rainforest Alliance certification, and they also partner with the government to, to supply even more plants, more tea cutting scions to the farmers. And then the third aspect of why RT is exceptional is the scientific know-how. Um, Malawi has a very strong tea history. It was the first commercial tea in Africa to be planted was in Malawi in the late 1800s. And we have two old organizations that continue to be innovative in the country. And those are the Tea Research Foundation of Central Africa and the Tea Association of Malawi. And both organizations exist to support farmers, to support the industry, um, also to breed specific tea cultivars that will thrive in this unique environment. And over the last 80 years, they developed nearly 50 cultivars. And some are unique and endemic to Malawi. They've developed these cultivars to increase production, to be resistant against climate change. It takes about 15 years to create a, a clone, and they're really doing this with with sustainability in mind, with a long-term success in the industry in mind. In this troubling times that we're all going through, what is your assessment of the impact of coronavirus pandemic on the Malawian tea industry? Like everyone on earth, we've had to really rethink the way forward as a result um, of, of the pandemic. And I think there are many hard decisions that still need to be made. But to start with the, the initial impact of the pandemic, um, so the, the initial impact of the pandemic wasn't as bad as it could have been due to timing. 
Uh, Malawi registered their first case of COVID and this progression of, of the disease just as we were headed into the off season for tea production. So the estates were already reducing the workforce. There were few people in the field and inside factories. So it, it made it easier to maintain social distancing. So that, that's how it started. So it started not, not terribly. Um, as last year progressed and hotels and restaurants reduced their operation, tea stocks started building up and some buyers canceled orders. The main effect so far is on cash flow, of course. Um, samples are also taking much longer to get to buyers. Malawi's teas end up all over the world and with so many buyers, um, people in the tea industry working remotely, the samples aren't always reaching them at home. The samples would reach their commercial office or get delayed in the mail, but they're not making it to the home office for, for these tea professionals. Um, so that was last year. Now we're in year two. Cases are starting to build up again in Malawi. The daily number of cases is, is, is ticking up. And this could be a challenge as we're in the peak production window. The tea industry was classified as an essential service. Um, it is one of the top five revenue earners for the country. So it's allowed to continue operations. Yeah, that's good. Uh, hopefully that authorities will be able to handle the pandemic and keep people safe. We go on to my final question. Uh, Malawi is best known for producing teas for blending of the CTC style of processing. However, there, have, there has been a foray into producing orthodox leaf teas. In fact, uh, a Malawian tea recently won silver in a prestigious French tea competition. What opportunities do you visualize for the future of Malawi tea? Well, Ranjit, we have exciting years ahead for Malawi tea. And much of this is due to the foresight of our tea planters and really everyone involved in the industry. Um, they've made valiant efforts to prepare for climate change by nurturing cultivars that will succeed in the coming years. Um, and as you say, several full leaf teas from Malawi won prestigious prizes so far. The um, AFPA in France, um, the Agency for the Valorization of Agricultural Products. At that competition, Malawi's teas at Satemwa Tea and Coffee Estate won both a gold and a bronze medal. And that was just really recently, a few months ago. And our teas have also fared very well in the UK, Canada, the US, the Netherlands. Our, our teas are winning competitions everywhere. Uh, and that's something that's very exciting. And it's, it's also a fact that more and more consumers want to know where their products are coming from. And this trend is also true in the tea industry. They want their teas to be traceable up to the, the level of the, of the Malawian who's plucking their tea. They want to also experience the passion and the craftsmanship behind their products. This is really a great opportunity for Malawi tea to appear more and more a single origin on the grocery store shelves. And I, I don't see this as being limited to, to, to the specialty or orthodox tea market. I think single origin uh, CTC, blacks and greens, also can, can be framed this way as well. Malawi was recently named 
the um, Aspiration Nation, the Country of the Year by The Economist magazine. And the United Nations is also putting in resources to support the expansion of our tea industry. You can visit Claridge's Hotel in London, and your Malawian tea will be served in Limoges. And Earl Tea from Satemwa was recently described by the Financial Times as the number one Earl Grey in the world. And I'm listing all these things because it's, it's an exciting time for Malawi tea. Organic tea cultivation is gaining momentum in the Nilgiri Mountains as domestic demand rises within India. Arvinda Anantharaman reports. Udhagamandalam, India. The Nilgiris is one of the major tea-growing regions in India, the highest producer in the south, with tea grown at altitudes of 3,000 to 8,000 feet. It's a beautiful mountain range, forming part of the Nilgiris Biosphere Reserve, and this time of the year is especially magical with the early morning frost-covered landscape and the lingering scent of eucalyptus in the air. While these mountains are home to tea estates that are nearly 200 years old, today's story spotlights the small tea farmers and the growing shift towards organic farming. The District Horticulture Department has been engaging with farmers to turn organic. Towards this, the State Organic Certification Department has been uh, offering the SCOPE certification. Already about 4,800 farmers belonging to farmer-producer groups have earned the SCOPE certificate. The focus is now on tea farmers here because this is tea country. And to rope in more tea farmers to adopt organic, a SCOPE certification drive was launched at the Kinnakorai Tea Factory on January 21st, 2021. Now, Kinnakorai is one of 16 factories of Incoserve, India's largest tea cooperative federation with 30,000 small farmers. This move towards organic is thought to make a significant impact as the group produces 13 million kgs of tea per year. The Kinnakorai factory itself has about 800 small growers attached to it, farming about 600 acres. And the desire to turn organic seems to be a clear direction forward from the initiatives planned. The horticulture department has been developing a mobile app called Organic Nilgiris to help farmers understand organic farming practices and use the app to access information about things they can do, whether it's in production of vegetables or farming or preparation of bio-inputs at the farm level or even understanding the procedures that organic certification demands. Already, organic vegetable cultivation is being carried out on about 2,370 hectares in the district. A lot of large tea estates are also organic. About 2,865 hectares are under organic tea cultivation. There's additionally about 560 hectares of coffee, which is practicing organic farming. And after three continuous years of farming organically, the farmer will receive the organic certificate. What the department's hoping to see is that the entire district will eventually be completely organic. A world over, organic continues to hold attraction to consumers and they also hold the promise of better prices, which would be a welcome change for tea farmers here in the Nilgiris, who've been struggling with both market conditions and climate change. Last year, production fell almost 4% in the Nilgiris and it was only December that brought some respite and production grew. December saw a production of 1.04 million kgs, which is up 8% from December of 2019. And this was also the highest as measured by the five-year mean for December, which stands at 0.9 million kgs. But what also further compounded the problem here is the impact of COVID-induced lockdown, leading to an overall reduced output in 2020. 
So all eyes are on how this year will be. Organic may also mean lower production initially, but it carries with it the promise of better quality and a better tea, one that both the domestic and export markets increasingly favor. Arvinda Anandraman signing off. Intrigued by what you heard in today's podcast? Would you like to learn more from our global network of T-Biz journalists and T-experts? Contact them direct through Subtext, a private message-based platform. Avoid the chaos of social media and start a conversation that matters. Subtext's message-based platform lets you privately ask meaningful questions of the T-experts, academics, and T-Biz journalists reporting from the T-Lands. You see their responses via SMS texts, which are sent direct to your phone. Visit our website and subscribe to Subtext to instantly connect with the most connected people in T. Remember to visit the T-Biz website for more comprehensive coverage. That's www.t-biz.com. Thanks for listening. Farewell till next week. Produced by Adavita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.